0: Hello, and welcome to the Emotion at Work podcast, and in particular, welcome to episode 52. Now, recently I seem to have got into a bit of a habit of doing guest, no guest, guest, no guest. So, after our most recent podcast episode, which is episode 51 with the wonderful Denise Sanderson, um, we're back to me sharing some thinking then um, for this episode. And in particular, this episode is about emotion at work and emotional sensitivity. Now, emotional sensitivity is, the, uh, is to do with the, how sensitive we are to particular emotions based on particular triggers. Now, um, I'm going to get into a bit of detail in terms of how triggers come about and where they come from and stuff like that. But um, the purpose of, of today, I guess, is about those occasions where emotion grabs you really easily. Or it grabs you in, in ways that are a bit easier than you'd like. Where you look back at it and think, oh, I wish I hadn't, I, hadn't, I wish that emotion hadn't grabbed me so quickly. So the, where we have emotional sensitivity or we have a hot trigger, it tends to be where emotion grabs us easily or it grabs us easier than we'd like. It also tends to be where the emotion grabs hard or we grab the emotion hard and we, or we grab it harder than we would like. It could also be that we grab we grab hold of it for a long time, we grab it for a long time, or longer than we'd like. So when you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about um, your emotional sensitivity, or you're thinking about your hot triggers, then those three things might help you. So I'm talking here about things that grab you easily, or grab you easier than you'd like, that grab you hard, or grab you harder than you'd like, or they grab you for a long time, or grab you for longer than you would like. All right. So when we think about emotions then, and if you if you want to hear more about some of the theories that I'm going to go through now, then I would suggest you go back to listen to episodes 25, 26, 27, because they are all focusing on emotions. So Cliff Lansley on emotional intelligence in 25, Joe Wainwright on emotional exploitation in 26, and James Gross on emotion regulation in 27. And then I edited the best bits of all of those together. So if you're a bit short on time, you might want to go for episode 37, which was a special edition with a focus on emotion. So when we think about emotions, then there's this principle called appraisal theory. And the easiest way I can find to describe it is this idea of there's a radar running and Emotions will happen when something that we think is important to our welfare or the welfare of those that we care about, where that is at stake. So when there's something that's important to our welfare or important to others' welfare or well-being, means that emotion is likely to be around. So... If we have this radar that's running, somebody says something happens, something's done, something is said, and it kind of grabs us. And my example of that would be my eldest daughter. Um, I've really, for a long time, for probably the first three or four years of her life, I struggled with um, her not doing as I'd asked. So if I asked her to do something once, that was okay. If I asked her to do it twice, that was that wasn't that was kind of not alright anymore. And if it was three times, then that was enough. And if I had to ask, if I had to ask like a fourth time, if she didn't do it after the third time of asking, then that emotion would grab me easily. It would grab me hard and I'd grab onto it for a long time. And it was because I had this thing in my head that um my children will not obey me, but they'll do as they're asked. Maybe it was obey me. Um, you know, my kids will do as they're asked. And so when she didn't, then every time she didn't do as I'd asked, not only was I remembering the t- that occasion where she didn't do as she was asked, I was also remembering every other time she'd not done as she was asked. Um, and it became a real hot trigger for me, something that I would grab easily. Soon as she didn't do what I'd asked, and i would asked three times, I'd grab it hard. And i grab onto it for a long time. So when we start to think about how we manage our hot triggers or how we manage our emotional sensitivity, then part of what we need to do is to work out what those occasions are. And so that's what I'm saying. If they grab us easily, they grab us hard and we grab them for a long time, then those are things that this podcast in particular is going to be helpful and useful for. So we've got this appraisal theory then. So we've got our radar running that notices things that are important to our welfare and what tends to make things grab us easier, grab us harder or grab us longer is about the, the similarity to experiences that we've had in the past. And that could be had in the past from our own personal experience or it can be experience we've had in the past from an evolutionary perspective. So I've said on the podcast before that for me, emotions are a mix of nature and nurture. So they're a mix of experiences that we've had um, in our own lifetime, but also experiences that have been passed on from a genetic perspective and in that kind of basic emotion theory concept. So if we experience something that, when we experienced it for the first time was really intense, and or if we experienced it a lot, and or if we experienced it early in life, and or it's similar to an evolutionary theme, then it's more likely that that thing is going to grab us easily, grab us hard, and we're going to grab hold of it for a long time. So before I move into the podcast any further, then, what I want you to do is to take a couple of minutes now and think, what are those things then? What are those things that grab me easily? What are those things that grab me hard? And what are those things that I grab onto for a long time? Because it's going to be useful for you to have those things in mind as we work our way through. Now, I've given you an example from, um, from my experiences with my daughter And so I want you to think about what is it for you then? So pause the podcast now, come back in a minute or two with those ideas in mind, and then we'll move into both what's going on and what you can do about it. Okay, welcome back. So with those experiences in mind then, earlier on, before we pause for that break, I I, I talked about how um, things that can can make you emotionally sensitive or things that can be a hot trigger for you involve things like intensity, frequency, timing in life and similarity to the evolutionary theme. So I'm going to want to go into those in a bit more detail. So intensity so when we experience emotion at a very high intensity then that will get encoded into our memory in a much stronger way than something for example that we felt in a very mild way so if I think about when uh, I've been embarrassed or I've been uh, I've made a mistake or where... Um, uh, I, I, I was I was really angry or, about something. Or I was very scared about something. Those memories are going to be more vivid, which means those triggers are going to be more for me. They're going to be hotter for me. So it's going to make though if something happens that is very similar or the same to that thing, then that's going to be a hotter trigger for me. So you may or may not have heard the story or listen or watched the video or listened to a previous episode of the podcast. So if you haven't found it, I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a video of me describing an experience I had that started me on my quest, um, to understand more about emotion where I swore at a customer. Um, but that making a mistake and that, that letting emotions, um, flood out of me in the way that they did that day, has made that a really hot trigger for me. So when when I can feel anger building and building and building, then that's something that I know I need to work really hard to regulate. I need to regulate that emotion really carefully because I am particularly sensitive to it. And emotional sensitivity is something that happens at that appraisal phase of emotion. So emotion regulation, which I talked about with James Gross on episode 27 and in the special edition on episode 37, emotion regulation is what's happening after the emotional sensitivity bit has come in. So my radar's running. It picks up something that's similar to this experience that I've had in the past where I was at like a nine out of 10 in terms of intensity. And then it will say, ah, this is like that. This situation is like that one. And here's the emotion that you need and here's the feelings that go with that. And, and that can be super helpful if I'm in certain circumstances. But in this circumstance, when anger is building and building and building, it's not actually that helpful for me or it's not that constructive for me. So it's partly to do with the intensity of it. But it's also to do with the frequency of it. So if I go back to my example with my daughter, so I said earlier on, sorry, that hot triggers can be hotter because of the intensity at the time, and/or the frequency of them. So I had this thing that was important to me. I said earlier on that emotions happen because of something that we think is important. So what was important to me was, I want to be, I want to have children that listen to their parents. I want my kids to listen to their parents, or in particular, I want my kids to listen to me. So when that didn't happen, and it didn't happen again and again and again and again and again and again and again, that frequency then made this a hotter trigger for me. Now, Grace was young. She was this, I guess this started probably between sort of two and four or maybe five years old. She's 14 now. Um, but there was something in my head about... Because when she was a, a baby baby then it didn't matter because they can't do what you're asking them to do. But when she then became a toddler, she was getting into two and she could communicate, she could listen, she can understand, she could follow instructions. I had this thing in my head of, to be a good dad, my kids will listen to me. So when it didn't happen, then that was, um, that was causing a discrepancy between what I thought in my head made for a good dad and what was actually happening and therefore I wasn't a good dad so that, so it was important to me tick emotion is something that's important to me happened a lot yes so the frequency was high now I can look back on it now and, and, and look at it and think wow Phil your expectations were just completely unrealistic that said the trigger at that time was really hot for me so when she didn't listen, didn't pay attention, didn't do as I asked, then I would I would get disproportionately angry. Not because of what she did necessarily or what was happening, but because I was bringing with me, A, my story of a good parent has children that listens to them, or a good dad has a child that listens to them. And I was bringing with me all of the other times where she'd ignored me or not done as I'd asked or not followed the instruction. So our emotional sensitivity can be heightened or our hot triggers can be hotter if it's something we've experienced at a high intensity and or it's something that we've experienced frequently. Now the third component then is the when in life it happened. And the earlier in life it happened, some research suggests, uh, research by Ekman in particular, Paul Ekman in particular, suggests that the, well, Paul Ekman and Joseph Ledoux, I suppose, technically, but anyway, um, the, uh, the earlier in life it happened, the more likely it is for you to be emotionally sensitive to it and or for it to be a hot trigger for you. Now I'd love to give you an example, but I don't, I can't think of one, um, for me. In, uh, in, in Paul Ekman's book, Emotions Revealed, he talks about an example of, um, somebody who had a a dominant uh, figure a dominant adult figure in their life and describes them in terms of some of their characteristics so their age their gender how they look um, and what he talks about in his book emotions revealed is that if that individual that what that individual that he's describing encountered later in life was where people where the person that they were interacting with in the workplace was of a similar demographic with similar characteristics or of a similar look it wouldn't it would bring back those memories that they had when they were young so we would make that trigger hotter for that reason so we've got the intensity of the emotion at the time the frequency that it was experienced the earlier in life that it occurred And then we have the similarity to the evolutionary theme, which is the fourth component that can make our emotional sensitivity heightened or make our hot triggers hotter. So if we stick with Paul Ekman and his research, um, what he discusses are seven universal emotions, those being happiness, sadness, anger, disgust, fear, surprise and contempt. And each of those, again, Ekman posits have a universal trigger, So with happiness it being something pleasurable, with sadness it being loss, loss of something we value. For um, anger it's obstruction to a goal, for disgust it's something that we find offensive, for fear it's a threat of harm, for surprise it's something that's sudden and unexpected and then for contempt it's having a feeling of moral superiority. So the closer those those things are that we experience to those evolutionary themes then the more likely it is that we will have a heightened emotional sensitivity all those triggers may be hotter for us so in my example my goal be a good dad be a good parent obstruction child not doing what they've been asked after three occasions of being asked Plus, experiencing it a lot. Combine those things together. A hotter trigger for me. So what I'm going to ask you to do now. Is to pause the podcast. So roughly about 10 minutes ago. I asked you to think about the, um, the things that grab you easily. Grab you hard and grab you for a long time. Or you grab hold of for a long time. Now I'm going to ask you to think about those situations and then think okay well what's happened in my past then where I may have experienced something similar to the evolutionary theme of that particular emotion that I may be experiencing or is this something that I experienced early in life or is this something that I experienced frequently I should say and or really so and or so what's the similarity to the evolutionary theme and or did this happen to me, early, it happened to me earlier in life and or did this happen to me frequently and or was it intense? And if we can use those four different perspectives then To think about these things that grab us easily or easier than we'd like, grab us hard or grab us harder than we'd like, or we grab a hold of for a long time or longer than we'd like. That might help us with understanding what those triggers are. What are those things that we have those hot triggers or that heightened emotional sensitivity to? So pause the podcast then, come back in a couple of minutes when you've done some thinking and then we'll move on to the next section. All right, welcome back. Um, so when when we think about emotional sensitivity and hot triggers, then I said that's early on in the process. So we we've got this metaphorical radar running. It notices something that's important to our welfare. It links it back with experiences that we've had in the past, and then we have the appropriate emotional response. And then we tip into emotion regulation. So we then tip into regulating the emotion. And in the previous episode, I've mentioned already on 27 and 37, uh, the five families of emotion regulation are explored. But what I haven't really explored in in those episodes is the idea of, well, what's the point then? What's the purpose of doing this emotion regulation? Why do we do it? So within the emotion regulation research then, um, and I'll put a, a, some links in the show notes to some really interesting papers I've been reading about it. So there are, they, they, they tend to be describing three orientations, or three kind of reasons as to or interests that we may have for why we do emotion regulation. And they are being goal-oriented, being need-oriented, and being person-oriented. So goal, need and person oriented. So for goal oriented then, this splits down into two subsections. So it's what's one on one hand is called a higher order goal. And that's to be, that's around how we want to be seen or how we want to see ourselves. And so that for me is a big tick around what I was describing earlier with my daughter. So I want to, my higher order goal is I want to be a good parent and I've made being a good parent mean your children listen to you or my children listen to me anyway. And so when that isn't happening, I was regulating my emotion up in a rather unhelpful, destructive way, I will add. But anyway, I was regulating my emotion up. With a view to achieving that goal of having Grace listen to me, so that what they what's called the lower order goal then is around concrete behaviour control. So that's more to do with rather than the more I guess philosophical view of how I want to be seen or how I see myself. This is more about. Um, right here right now i need to control my behavior so for a, a good example of that would be you find something funny at an inappropriate time so it might be you're you're laughing in a at a funeral you are um yeah you're smiling in a redundancy consultation it's where you are aware that this behavior would be inappropriate in this context. So you're trying to the regulation then is to to regulate that emotion in these examples down to control the behavior. So both of them in both cases there's a goal. One more philosophical how I want to be seen, how I want other people to see me. Another one how I know how I know I should be behaving right here, right now. And then we regulate to, to achieve that goal. Then there's the need-oriented section, which again kind of subdivides into either the avoidance of pain or the avoidance of negative outcomes, or the experience of pleasure or the experience of positive outcomes. So goal goal-oriented, goal oriented goal oriented even, is either about how I want to see myself, higher order. Or how I need to change my behaviour, lower order, need oriented. Then is the avoidance of pain, or um, results we don't want, or the experience of pleasure, or results that we do want. So, it's what are my needs in that 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 in that, that moment? And then there's the final one is the person oriented emotion regulation, and that's about regulating actions so that it's in harmony with my needs, motives, and my experiences. So goal- goal-oriented, need-oriented, person-oriented. So you might think, all right then, Phil, you're talking about hot triggers and emotional sensitivity, and then you've outlined these three perspectives or these three orientations about emotion regulation. How do they link together? Well, so I would also, if these things are, are present and orientations that we have when we are regulating the emotion, there has got to be aspects of these at play in the appraisal section. Because we have to be appraising something to, just, to to have an awareness of what's going on to know if this is a goal, if this is in, in line with how I want to be seen or in line with how I need to be behaving in this context. I, I am appraising it with a view of avoiding pain or experiencing pleasure or getting outcomes I want or outcomes I don't want. Or oh, Sorry, avoiding outcomes I don't want and getting outcomes I want. Or I'm appraising it and assessing it with uh, in line with harmony with my needs, motives and experiences. So if they're there for regulation, if I regulate my emotion because of these goals, these goals must be there as part of my appraisal process when my metaphoric radar is scanning. So again, what I want you to think about then is in those experiences that I've written down, in those experiences that I thought about when Phil asked me to pause about 20 minutes ago, What was either the higher or the lower order goals? And it may be that there isn't one and it's something, it's one of the other orientations, but go with me for a moment. What were thinking about those experiences that you've had, those things that grab you easily or easier than you like, grab you hard or grab you harder than you like, or grab you for a long time or grab you longer than you would like. What about that was goal-oriented Either about how I want to be seen, or how I see myself, or about the appropriateness of that behaviour in context. What were my needs at that time? What was I trying to avoid? Or what was I trying to experience? Or from a person-oriented perspective... What were my inner needs, my inner vo- motives, or my inner experiences that link to my personality that were driving what I wanted at that time? Or what I wanted or needed at that time? So I've asked you to think about these experiences. Then I've asked you to think about them from intensity, frequency, when in life they occurred and how similar they were to those evolutionary themes that I outlined earlier. Now I'm asking you to think about what were the goals, what were the needs, or what were the person-oriented aspects that were at play. And I'm asking you to do all of this reflection because if we can do that well, that will help us manage and regulate the triggers in the future. Anyway, enough of me talking, let me stop. So pause the podcast, come back to me in a couple of minutes, and then we'll move on to the next phase. and welcome back for the final time. Okay, so one of the things that I haven't talked about yet is individual differences. So we're all different, Um, and what might be a hot trigger for me, or one thing I might have a heightened emotional sensitivity to, might be really different to something that is the case for you. And even f- and within, so we have like individual differences in that way. So uh, between people. So what be a, may be a hot trigger for you may not be a hot trigger for me. Also though, what may be a hot trigger or maybe something that you have a uh, heightened emotional sensitivity to may be different from one situation or context to, an, to another. So one of the things that, that really got me working on my hot triggers was the arrival of my second child the arrival of my second daughter because I found I didn't get as angry when she didn't follow the instructions or she didn't do as I'd asked and I found that really interesting so why with one was it not the case with the other and that was when the I guess the awareness came to me of what a what a hot trigger it was for me and what what it was around that and, and, and and identifying that pattern, identifying that, um, that was really helpful and useful for me. So the reason I'm asking you to do this reflection is to try and identify what are these patterns? Cause in our heads, we link things together. We, we as humans are meaning making machines. So we make things mean stuff all the time. And it's the same with emotions then. So something happens, we experience something, we make it mean X, Y or Z. I say we make it mean because it may mean other things. It may mean X, but it could also mean um, F or B. It could mean lots of different things. We often make things mean something. And when it comes to emotional sensitivity and or hot triggers then, what we make things mean is really, really important. So in my example, I was making Grace not following instructions mean I was a bad dad. Was I? No. I guess in a way I was because I was disproportionately angry when she didn't follow my instructions. But then she was three years old. Three-year-olds tend not to do that. Unless you make your instructions in a Mary Poppins-esque way. Unless you make your instructions again, then they might come and play. My point being that what I'm aiming to do through this podcast is to get you to think about what are those times where you're grabbed easily, grabbed hard, or you grab hold of it for a long time? Because if we can think about those and then we can work out, well, what are the patterns, what are the similarities here so that we can then start to think about how we manage those triggers going forward. And for that, we then start to tip into the emotion regulation side of things. So I've said that emotional sensitivity is the beginning. It's the beginning of when the emotion occurs. Now, whether that emotion is something that's triggered by uh, something that happens around us, something that we imagine, something that we remember, something that we dream, something that we relive. We then make that thing mean something. And how we then regulate it, is it important? So by identifying the patterns and the themes, it allows us to do, to steal from episodes 27 and 37, it allows us to do, for example, situation selection. So if I know that these things are hot triggers for me, I can do situation selection. I might say, right, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. I'm not going to ask Grace the same thing three times. Because I know when I do, I get angry about that, the fact that she doesn't do it. So what can I do differently? How, what, how can I not put myself in that situation? Or I can do situation modification where I can say, okay, how can I modify that so that it works better for me? So that I don't have these hot triggers grabbing hold of me easily, grabbing, me, grabbing hard and grabbing hold of them for a long time. So, I'm going to avoid going into detail about these strategies because they're available elsewhere. You can get hold of those, um, and I'll put some links to some of James Gross's papers or James Gross and others' papers about emotion regulation. The purpose of the podcast today was to get us thinking about the emotional sensitivity bit. Because if we can find the patterns, if we can find the meanings that we're making, if we can work out what's made those triggers hot and I've given you two different ways or two different frames of looking at that, then that can be helpful for how we regulate those emotions if they occur at some point in the future. And I'll leave it there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, you'll have noticed that there's been some ample time to reflect and I'd be delighted to hear your reflections. If you wanted to share them either on Twitter, um, you can find me at Phil Wilcox. You can find me on LinkedIn in the same way at Phil Wilcox. You can also find the Emotion at Work podcast on Instagram. Um, you can let us know your thoughts on there and uh, you can come and join us in the Emotion at Work community um, where you can share your thinking as well. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Emotion at Work podcast and if you've got this far you must be interested in the role that emotions have in the workplace either within individuals, between people in teams or in organisations as a whole. So head over to the Emotion at Work Hub which you can find at community.emotionatwork.co.uk. Thanks for listening.